Hello, everyone. Welcome to New Mexicast. I'm Rosalinda Roman, and before we get started, I want to share what you can expect here on this podcast. First, you should know that my family lives on a sailing catamaran, and this is my personal audio journal. What you're about to hear is an episode from 2016 when we were just starting our journey of moving from our home in New Mexico onto the boat. As a longtime broadcast journalist, I wasn't sure how I was going to keep working while pursuing this crazy new lifestyle. This journal is where I worked through a lot of things, both personally and professionally. That means you will hear about experiments with new technologies like Blab and Periscope and testing out systems to make the move easier, like Wild Tree meal prep and KonMari for downsizing our stuff. As you can imagine, some of these experiments were successful, while some, like Blab and Wild Tree, don't even exist anymore. But I decided to leave even the failed experiment in this audio journal so you could get the whole story of how we went from New Mexicast to New Mexicastaways. If you like what you hear, please stick around till the end and I'll share how you can find out where we are now and how you can get much more content by joining the New Mexicastaways crew. Enjoy. And welcome to New Mexicast Audio Edition. I'm Rosalinda Roman, and today we have a special guest here with me today, uh, my daughter, Ziva. We are heading to the airport. We're in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and uh, that's my navigation talking. Um, and I'm going to interview Ziva because we just went through a whirlwind adventure uh, to come from our home in New Mexico to... Florida to move on to a sailing catamaran. Uh, we've been preparing for this journey for quite some time and we finally did it. So I wanted to say good morning, Z. Good morning. Good morning, Mama. Um, I think the adventure was really interesting. I am enjoying it here in Florida and we're, now we're driving to go pick up my cousin. Um, Christina, and then tomorrow, my other cousins are coming in, so it's going to be really fun on the boat. So, that is awesome, and I love that you just uh, dive right in. Um, what I am excited about, and, and the fact that your cousins are coming and my sister is coming, um, it feels like this is really going to be our home now, right? People come visit you when you're at your house. Yeah. And this boat is now our house. Now, we've had a few side adventures um, besides just coming here. Um, one of the things that has been on our mind a lot is that back home, right after we left, a fire broke out in the forest near our home. And it started as like six acres and became a 17,000 acre fire. Um, and our nanny, who was with us on this trip, Miss Linda, her house had to be mandatory, 
mandatorily, how do I say that word, had to be in the mandatory evacuation area. And so that was, has been very stressful. Um, and Z, so what, what's, tell me about it. First of all, do you remember what the name of the fire is? Yeah, it's called the Doghead Fire. Um, but what are, you, what are your impressions as a kid hearing about all this stuff as we've been thinking about and talking about the fire back home? I think that I was really worried about all our stuff there and, like, our glass table and everything because we couldn't take all that. And we didn't put it in storage or anything. And Lila, I'm, I was worried about and everything. And then... Who's Lila? Our other dog. And she's the one that stayed with the house. Yes. And basically, I was worried about all that. And then Miss Linda, she showed me this picture of where the fire was in relation to where her family was that her brother sent. And it was actually really far, but the mandatory evacuation was closer to us. But that was more of like a smoke evacuation than the actual fire. So that calmed me down. Because now I don't think the fire is going to reach 10 miles away our house to burn it. I think they'll get it in control before then. I think so. Yeah, and it's been an interesting thing to obviously worry about it as a, as a grown-up and um, in the middle of our move. Literally, we were pulling into um, Florida. I'm in West Palm Beach. As I said, did I say Fort Lauderdale? We're heading to the Fort Lauderdale Airport, but we, our boat is in West Palm Beach area, Riviera Beach Marina. Um, anyway, it's been interesting. It's been hard as a, an adult, and I'm the one, you know, I'm able to get information on the Internet and um, look up the actual boundaries of the fire and figure out what I can from that perspective. For me, as a reporter, it's been hard because I um, have covered many, many, many um, major forest fires in, during my broadcasting career, and I feel like there's a lot of stories that, we covered that I didn't really feel like I made much difference or it was just negative because it was some crime or terrible thing. But on the fire stories, I always felt like I could actually impart information that was beneficial to the people that needed it. Um, Where is the fire boundary? Where are the evacuations? Um, Just up-to-the-date information. So um, to have a fire in the area that I'm familiar with and not uh, reporting on it was hard just from a purely professional standpoint. Um, but then to think about what that must be like for a child who is listening from the back seat of the car while you know, her beloved nanny is worrying about her home and then it becomes, is our home going to be evacuated? And um, yeah, so the, this whole process has been a, a, a very... Um, trying time for everybody and luckily for us we had done this KonMari system which is if you go back and listen to um, past episodes it's basically a organization system that you go through each item in your home and you determine what sparks joy and you only keep the things that spark joy well we did that as we were prepping for the move to Florida to the boat and so all of our special treasures, like baby books and my journals and things that we couldn't replace, were all consolidated in one uh, room in basically a locked closet. Um, and I was able to tell my friend or ask my friend to go to my house and just take those few special treasures out of that 
room and not put themselves in any danger. They were able to just go and get what I wanted out of there and didn't have to worry about all the rest of what was in the house because everything else is replaceable. But the people were out safely and so we felt good about that. And knowing that I had my special treasures, um, which aren't you know valuables per se, but they are valuable to us, um, to be able to get all that out of the house was a relief. So that was going on with the fire. And then we had another major event. Yeah, Ziva wants to tell you about a much happier, exciting event that happened during this. Uh, so basically, we've only been out of our house for a, in New Mexico for like, a, I guess, two weeks, maybe? Not even. Yeah, but that was including the long drive. Right. So Ziva's going to tell you about this exciting other event. So this event is a lot more exciting than the last one. And it's really happy, so... Well, the first part's a little sad, but we were looking at puppies because we left Lila there, but we still needed a dog. So we looked at this puppy, and it was really expensive, but we got to go meet it, and it was really good. But then we were all sad because we couldn't get it. It was really expensive. It was ridiculous. It, and then the guy was doubling the price for it than the breeders would have. And then we went to this... So you cried. Yeah, we kind of... You and your sister were really sad. We were sad, but then my dad talked to me and I got over it. And then we went and we saw these other puppies the other day. There was a boy and a girl in these litters from a breeder. Honestly, the breeder was pretty annoying. But <laughs> she was like talking, 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 and we were like, can we just meet the dog already? <laughs> but we went and we saw this puppy and it was like half or more than half the price of the other one. And she's so cute and she would play with us and everything. So we decided and we got this dog. And now she, and then, was it that day? What? Was it the day we got her, we took her to Peanut Island? Yeah. And then the day we got her, Samuel and everyone wanted to go swimming, but we didn't want to go at the marina, so we sailed, we dinghied over to Peanut Island with the dog. After the dog and the dog went swimming and everything, and, or my dad, or she slipped in and was in, and then she was playing in the sand and she had fun, I think, but she was worn out that night. And we have a, we, we have a chart, me and my sister, we have to work, we have to do all the dog's chores and stuff. And it's honestly not that hard. But now the dog, she like, she's so cute and everything and, we take her for walks, and she's a pure German Shepherd. We didn't say that, because we and she's female, as I keep saying she. Also, we are having fun. We and my sister, whenever whichever day we get to do the chores, we get to snuggle with her that night. She's a good snuggler. She's really cute too. So um, we did get the dog, and it has been an up and down because like she said she was really heartbroken about not getting the first dog but it was a ridiculously expensive amount and we weren't going to pay that so um anyway we ended up with this dog she does not have a name yet right oh yeah that's what i was gonna tell you yeah that was the other thing ziva was going to tell you she does not have a name yet we're waiting to kind of figure out her personality um sure and here's uh ziva's got a few we've had a few thoughts what do you think z I think my favorite thought name that we thought of 
we usually stick to Hebrew names with the dog, so I think the name I've really liked that's kind of stuck is Tikva. Tikva Tova Goldfine. That would be her full name. And also we... Tova was what? Because Tova was a great dog that that just passed in the family. She was 11, and so that would be her middle name, instead of calling her Tova too. So also, there was T2, either Tikva Tova, or what about H? Tova too. I'm gonna tell them that. Also, since of the fire that we told you about, and her face is kind of a reddish brown, we were thinking Aish is fire in Hebrew, so maybe we name her that. And my dad likes Peanut because we got her near Peanut Island, and she looks like a peanut. She's just small and cute, cuddly. That's some of the names we've had, but I really, I think Tikva's really stuck for me. So tell us a little bit about um, some of the the negative side of owning a puppy. Um, oh, okay. Like, uh, I'll tell yeah, the, the, it's not all fun and games. She's adorable, don't get me wrong. We, we're gonna, she's gonna be a great dog for us, we can already tell. Yeah, I'll tell them. But it's I? not easy, is it? So first of all, one last great thing about this dog. So it was funny, because last night it was my turn and I was sleeping with her, right? But you gotta get up. So my dad, he had to leave early this morning on a short trip. So we took, so my dad came out like maybe 5.30 in the morning and the dog, she had, had just woken up and she didn't know who that was because it was all dark, right? And so she starts barking at him, barking, and my dad encourages because she wants to bark at people she doesn't know, right? And then he comes in, he turns on the light and she stops barking because she can see him. And it was just, and he was encouraging it and it was all really happy. And then, but the downside about having to do all the work with all the puppy is she doesn't just snuggle. She's like, she poops, she pees, and you have to clean it up, you and know? And she chews your hair too, right? And she chews things and whimpers all night. And what about if you put her in the put her in the cage well what we learned is that we want we were doing it where we lock the door put her in the cage and lock the door and then sleep by her but what we found out is that either you should put her in the cage close the door and leave or take her out or have the cage open and have her be able to be out and everything and sleep there because then you could like snuggle with her out of the cage because the cage, we're using it for more like when we have to go somewhere. Like now, she's in the cage, and then that. Also, I think we have to, when you sleep, so when it's your day, me and Ahava were rotating days of having to do the puppy's work. You have to take her for walks, even if you don't feel like it. You got to pick up her poop, feed her, give her water, um, Clean her up her pee whenever she, and then in the middle of the night, even though you're just gonna be snuggling with the puppy, right? You still have to do the work that night. So if she starts whining, which is good that she whines because it warns you before she actually does it. You, we have a pee pee, a potty place in, on the boat, and we take her, so in the middle of the night, if she starts whipping, we take her there, then she goes to the bathroom, we go back and we can have her go back to sleep. And we learned that the lady said that if you give the dog something to chew, whatever that thing is, she'll chew anything made of that same thing. So like if you give her 
rawhide, and then she eats. Then don't the ask. And your couch is you made of leather. Then don't wonder why she chewed your couch. You know. Because <laughs> you taught her to chew that kind of stuff. So we're giving her mainly bones beef to chew, bones beef yeah. bones only. That, because then not there's like not, yeah, not chicken bones, but like not breakable beef bones. And then, because you're not gonna really have stuff in your house made of beef bones. <laughs> okay. So that's what, but she's still a fun little cute puppy. Oh, and my brother, she loves, he, she, he, it's funny, because he, like, plays with her and runs and stuff, and then he's terrified of her when she actually starts chasing him and playing with him. It's so funny. And that's because she has needle-sharp teeth and needle-sharp claws. Um, but, yeah, in general, it's been interesting to have a puppy on the boat again. The first time we had uh, a puppy like that, we were the one that lived in, on another boat with us, Tova, that Ziva told you about. Um, we had Tova as a puppy in New Mexico in an apartment, and I had newborn Ahava. She was like four months old when we had a puppy this size, when Tova was this size. Um, and I'm having all these flashbacks of how exhausting it is to try to teach the puppy and comfort the pump puppy and whatever. But she is sweet, and we put her in the crate, and she did cry, but Nathan and I were in the other room. We were home, but we put her in the crate. Um, we've never really crate trained a dog before. She did, like, really cry and yelp, and I thought, oh, i got to rescue her. But within 10 minutes, she was done, she went to sleep, and she was fine. So it was a good lesson for us to know that if we go rescue her, she's just going to keep crying and crying, because then she thinks that it works. It's kind of like a baby. Um, so let me describe a little bit. In the f forward part of the boat, on deck, there's a seating area that by the feet, um, it's kind of like a well where the feet go. And yeah, it could be gross, but nobody uses that space that much. And we were looking for where we were gonna have the dog go to the bathroom on the boat. You have to pick one spot. Ziva, Ziva wants to talk, hang on. We picked that spot because no one really sits up there. They either sit in the helm or they're crisscross. They don't really put their feet down there. And, or they're on the tramp. And then, so we picked that spot because it's got a little wide area. You can fit a grass pad there. And it's got two drains. That's helpful. That's the critical part is that it's got drains and you can just, what? Hose it down. The pee. So we are trying to get her to go in that, that spot because it's easy cleaning. It makes sense. It's a place that... Um, we can put a grassy patch. When we had Tova on the first boat, we, it literally was an epic four-day battle to get her, and she was a, a grown dog by the time we moved on to the boat. Um, and she would, we were, I kept trying to get her to go in a certain spot, and she wasn't having it, because she was very private about her business and didn't want anyone to see her, and so she was very stressed about having to go on deck. So it's actually much better for us, because this puppy doesn't, she'll just go anywhere. She doesn't, she has no shame. Um, and so uh, we're trying to encourage her to go in this one area that's easily hosed off, and because here's the thing, we can take her for a walk, and we do. There's grassy areas all the way around the marina. Um, but 
what happens when you're away from shore? We know of, we've heard stories of many um, people who, who um, end up not sailing or not cruising the way they really want to because their dog is too stressed to go to the bathroom on the boat. And so they only sail as far as they can be, you know, half a day and still take the dog for a walk uh, at some time that day. So we don't want to do that. We want to teach the dog that this is her home and so this is the spot to go potty and that way we can sail and go long distances. So that's the goal. It seems a little strange, but that's why we're doing it. So there's enough, that's enough about dog and potty and all that. We just wanted to share a little bit of the event adventure um, and yeah, we'll continue to share as much as we can along the way. I think this audio podcast is a lot more practical than trying to put together video stories. Of course, we'll have, um, anytime we have a chance to do some visual live shots or live streaming, you can find that on New Mexicast TV on YouTube or look for New Mexicast on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash New Mexicast. So uh, for now, thank you very much for listening. And uh, Z, you want to wrap it up? Thanks, you guys, for listening. And have a good rest of the day. And, yeah. And this is Eva Goldfine, 98. From New Mexico, and bye. Thanks for listening to my audio journal from 2016 as our family prepared to move on to the sailing catamaran, Don Treader. If you want to see where we are at the moment, just search for New Mexicast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or Patreon, or for New Mexicast TV on YouTube. Also, if you want to see the videos and photos of the things I'm talking about on this podcast, please consider joining the New Mexico Castaways crew. You can do that at newmexicast.com slash crew. Thanks again for listening and for supporting our enchanting adventures. I'm Rosalinda Roman, and this is New Mexico Castaways.